Good morning, St. James. Uh, welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon for this Palm Sunday. Uh, our first reading is from the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 118 and verses 19 to 24. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19 and verses 28 to 40. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks why you untie that colt, just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, Why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, The Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray as we uh, look at these Bible readings together. Father God, thank you for your word to us. We ask that you fill each one of us again with your Holy Spirit, that we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts today. Amen. So, uh, some of you will know that I take a passing interest in football. Um, I took my daughter with me um, a few weeks ago, and... um, so he was really taken aback by the the noise, the volume of it. Um, I, I laughed that uh, with the with kids' church a number of years ago, we were doing the story of uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, uh, and we were trying to act out the story where the prophets were singing and and shouting and trying to get the prophet, trying to get the god Baal to answer them with fire from heaven. Um, and of course, Baal does nothing because Baal is simply an idol. Uh, and so I had the children uh, holding hands and dancing around uh, the hall upstairs, shouting, Baal, Baal, Baal. Uh, and I realised as I was doing it that that was something that I had myself shouted uh, at Tottenham back when Gareth Bale uh, was our best player. Uh, it is it's one of the few places uh, in society at the minute that people seem to feel um, free and released to sing and to shout and to to make a huge amount of noise. Um, 
And so thinking about our reading today, when we're talking about Palm Sunday, um, it's worth noting that Palm Sunday doesn't come out of the blue. It's not a case of Jesus going into Jerusalem and people come and going, oh, look, it's Jesus. Hosanna! Hosanna! Um, actually, there's a huge amount of context. There's a huge amount of um, information that uh, sets this up, that makes this happen. So I'm going to try and unpack that a little bit. And then we'll talk about what where we go from there uh, as his followers. So what we're talking about is, uh, obviously, Jesus is going to Jerusalem. Um, and he knows what he'll face there. He knows that he's going to uh, his arrest and his betrayal, his death. Uh, the disciples, even though he's told them, don't seem to have gotten on to this. They are going to Jerusalem with Jesus because they always go to Jerusalem with Jesus at this time of year. This is the festival of Passover. This is where the Jewish people, following the uh, commands of God, laid down in the law, in the Torah, uh, every year they celebrate their freedom, their exodus from Egypt into the promised land, their deliverance out of slavery. They remember with the sharing of a special meal, with the Passover meal, uh, where they have the unleavened bread, where they have the uh, the roasted lamb, they have the bitter herbs uh, to remind them of their suffering. Uh, at some point, if you like, we can you can come and ask me. We'll talk about the different elements of the Passover meal and what the symbolism of each one is. But every year, every Jewish person is making pilgrimage to Jerusalem in order to uh, celebrate Passover, to celebrate. Uh, what God has done for them as God's people. And so they are all going. Now, if you read uh, Tom Wright's commentary on Luke, uh, he describes the geography of Israel in that, frankly, Jerusalem is on a hill. And so to get to Jerusalem, you are going up. You're starting below sea level uh, and the Dead Sea, and you're going up from the valley, up, 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 up all the way uh, to the Mount of Olives, which is the first point where you get to see Jerusalem, uh, and then you get to go uh, on into the city. So if you look at the Psalms, there are a number of Psalms which are described as a song of ascent, a song of going up. And that's because it was one of the songs that the Jewish people sang as they went to Jerusalem, as they went up that hill, to get to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices to worship God together at one of the great festivals of the Jewish calendar. So the disciples are going like they've always gone. Jesus is going like he's always gone, but knowing that this year is different. And around them, hundreds, thousands of others are also making that journey so as to be in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. This is not a small group. This is not one or two people. This is everyone from northern uh, Israel, not the Samaritans, but all the Jews. They are making this journey, this pilgrimage up together to the mountain, to Jerusalem, so they can worship God together. Now, when they get as far uh, as the Mount of Olives, Bethany and Bethphage, these, these villages that are, that are just short of Jerusalem, uh, Jesus is making preparations. Jesus wants to do this right. 
He's aware of the prophecies from Zechariah and other places, and he has made preparations. So he sends disciples ahead to find a donkey, to find a donkey that hasn't been written, which is uh, from Zechariah 9.9. Look, see, your Messiah comes riding on a colt. Uh, and so he goes, and the disciples, as Jesus gets the donkey, that the disciples have kind of picked up on, this is special. This this feels different. The way Jesus is acting is different. Uh, the Gospels tell us that Jesus sets his face to Jerusalem. Has, he has decided this is the way he is going. Uh, and so pick up on that. And they put their cloaks on the donkey. They make it special. They make it more comfortable, more colourful uh, for Jesus to ride. And as uh, Jesus makes this journey from Bethphage, uh, down the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, they start to sing. And they start to sing Psalm 118, which is uh, one of these songs that the Jews sing as they are making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. It's not a new thing. This is part of their history, part of their culture, in the same way that whenever I go to White Hart Lane, we have to sing Spurs are on their way to Wembley. Even when Spurs are not on their way to Wembley, Spurs are nowhere near uh, on their way to Wembley, they're out of all the cups that happen at Wembley. We're still going to sing Spurs are on their way to Wembley because it's one of our songs. Uh, the Jews sing Psalm 118. Now, our passage today uh, is, a, is a chunk from it. But if you go later on in that, then you see in verse 26, Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. There is this... Um, yeah, it's their song, but as they sing it, they see this as being Jesus, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is God's victory song. This is God doing what he's promised to do, and it's coming to fruition in Jesus. Praise God. And you have this amazing sense of joy and celebration and um, and please, God, let this be now. And when you think about this from the disciples' point of view, you can understand why. They have seen Jesus raise the dead. He's healed blind. He's cast out demons everywhere Jesus has gone. He has brought tastes of the kingdom of God. He has fed the hungry. He stood up against those who would oppress the Jewish people. It is entirely reasonable for the disciples to to see this as being uh, the coming of God's kingdom on earth here and now. Romans gone, Pilate gone, the ridiculous kings that are puppets like Herod gone. And Jesus in charge and them at Jesus' side. And they're praising God. They are singing. They are Oh, they are full of joy at what God is going to do in bringing freedom to his people in the way he brought freedom in the time of Passover. Now, there's a note in this of uh, discordance, of dissatisfaction, of, uh, of, other, of people being less than, less than content or happy. And it comes from uh, the religious groups. So in Luke 19, uh, you'll see verse 39, some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers. 
for saying things like that, for saying blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. So quoting this verse from Psalms around Jesus. If I say, don't, don't, shh, tell them to stop. The reason being, the Romans are in charge. And actually, if the Romans hear that there is a Messiah, that there is a figure that the Jews will rise up and follow, well, there's a punishment for those who do that, and it's crucifixion. Uh, and those around it uh, will also be crucified. The, the, the Romans don't care about being accurate. They just want anyone with any thoughts of rebellion crushed so that everyone else gets the idea and doesn't start anything anytime soon. So the Pharisees say, Jesus, tell them to stop. Don't talk rebellion. Don't talk about Messiah because you'll bring the Romans down on us. You have no weapons. You have no training. You will just cause us pain. And Jesus' reply is, is this. Uh, in verse 40, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. The stones would burst out in celebration. There is something in the events of Easter, which taps into the, the deepest longings of creation. Everything is waiting for God to be revealed, for God to save his people, for God to bring salvation. And so just go, just isn't going to do it. Now, always at this point, we're aware that we're entering Holy Week. There's celebration, there's victory, there's shouts of joy. We know Jesus will be betrayed and arrested on Thursday. That he will be whipped and beaten and hung on a cross on Friday. And he will be dead by Friday evening. You can't read the accounts of Palm Sunday without the events of the Easter weekend being in view, being part of this, the picture that you're looking at. And it is right that it makes us pause. Because through Lent we give things up, through Lent we... Uh, we try and stop ourselves being on autopilot with so many different things to try and help God break into our lives, to break into our minds, to help us to see him in our every day, to see ourselves in his story. But we're waiting for Easter. We're waiting to celebrate. We're waiting for the chocolate. We're waiting for the uh, for the singing. We're waiting for Easter, Easter day and the joy that comes with that. But actually, although resurrection is what our faith is based on, actually Jesus is modelling the way for all of us. He'll wash his disciples' feet on Thursday. And he will give himself up on Friday. And as those following Jesus, we are called to service and we're called to sacrifice. And through those two things, we reach to we reach joy. We reach resurrection. We reach eternal life. We reach 
peace and hope and love and joy and uh, all the goodness of God. But I will hold my hand up and say the service and the sacrifice are not my favourite things about the Christian life. They're not what I've they're not what I signed up for in the first instance. Uh, these things the, these things are tricky. The, the key thing for us as Christians this week, as followers of Jesus, is that we see Palm Sunday as being part of our pilgrimage, part of our journey up the mountain to Easter for this annual celebration, this part of our calendar, this part of our life together, that we do celebrate, that we do praise God for what we see him do, for what he's going to do. But we also need to remember that our call from God is to serve others and to give ourselves in sacrifice, to to lose our lives that we might gain them. And so this week, I'd just suggest to you, to all of us, that we take some time and allow God to speak to us about the months to come, to speak to us about how we live out our Easter joy uh, from next Sunday. Knowing that we have that joy, we have that good news to share with others, but that our lives, our Christian discipleship, are meant to be marked by service and sacrifice. And it is through those two things that we will come to fully know what it is to be alive with Jesus in God. Let's pray uh, and let's invite God to to speak to us and lead us in these last days up to Jerusalem and Jesus' death and resurrection. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for, for setting your face to Jerusalem. We, we, we praise you like the disciples, like the crowd. We praise you. For you are the one who came in the name of the Lord. We thank you that you came knowing that it meant betrayal and pain and sacrifice and death. So in this last week, this week of Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, we invite you to speak to us again about your call on our lives. About how... Uh, you want us to serve others, what you are calling us to sacrifice, so that together we might share in your life. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit and lead us into your truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, have a wonderful Palm Sunday. Uh, I look forward to seeing you either uh, Maundy Thursday at seven o'clock in church for a shared meal uh, and foot washing. Uh, and we'll share uh, an agape supper, bread and wine together there. Uh, or Good Friday, we're having three hours at the cross between 12 o'clock and three o'clock. On Easter Saturday, uh, we have a baptism. Timothy Abishek's being baptised at two o'clock on Easter Saturday. Or there is our celebration on Easter Sunday 
at 10.30. Um, bless you. You're welcome to any or all. Uh, I trust that God will be with you and speak to you through each part of it. God bless. Bye bye.